This is another episode of Flavor in Your Ear Podcast. A podcast about damn near any and every topic with no filter and zero regard for the easily offended. Everything you say upsets somebody. Please welcome the man behind the madness. The most important person with all due respect. Let's go! Your host and audio flavor maestro. My man. Marquise Edwards. What is going on, everyone out there? We are back with another episode of Flavoring Your Ear Podcast. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world, as we continue to talk to guests, great guests to have great conversations because, you know, everybody's time is valuable. We get guests from all over the world to have these conversations for you all to enjoy. And today I have a very special guest, Nicole Laurent. I had to ask her how to pronounce her name just to make sure in the beginning that I had it right. But uh, today we're going to have a, a really good conversation. I feel that you all will enjoy Again, some knowledge on maintaining our mental health, which is something that um, we on this show or I on this show try to normalize um, as far as conversations because we never know we can help anybody and take the proper steps to maintain our mental health and mental stability and all of these things like that. So uh, taking the stigma away from these conversations being taboo and, you know, and just having normal conversations and from people, experienced people in these areas. And, you know, hopefully you all enjoy it. So without further ado, Nicole would like to slightly introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi. So um, my name is Nicole. I'm a licensed mental health counselor in Washington state. Um, I see mostly adults at this time. And um, my practice has taken an interesting turn in that in addition to doing psychotherapy and using different evidence-based treatments for anxiety and depression and other mental illness, I'm also using nutritional therapies. Um, and I have seen some amazing stuff happen doing that. And, and mm -hmm. um, so I'm kind of on a, I'm on a tear, so to speak, trying to let people understand and know that there's a lot of different nutritional options to treat mental illness. I want them to understand that their nutrition or lack thereof directly affects their mental health status, mm -hmm. their thoughts, their ability, their ability to be resilient, all that good stuff. Um, and I feel like that's just not talked about enough. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot of people on medications that where nutritional therapies might actually work better for them. And so I just want everyone to know that kind of information. And so that's why I'm here. Well, I think you're a great guest to have for this show because, hey, we're trying to get the message out there, right, for things that mm -hmm. a lot of people don't always necessarily have, you know, that conversation about. We're normalizing that here. So um, as we start. Um, you spoke about eating habits and things like that. So we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to that part a little bit later. So on the topic of mental health, um, I'll have a few mental health questions here for you. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, you did say this one already. So I will say, <clears throat> what can someone do to support, you know, when they're going through a mental health episode? Like if they, if they feel like they're having a mental health episode, what, what, what are some of the first steps that they can do? Yeah. So, uh, seeking, seeking a therapist is, is ideal. Um, I, the thing is, is there's not, sometimes there's, uh, problems with access to care. There's not enough therapists. There's, uh, barriers around financial stuff, um, access to insurance, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So I say that, but I, I understand that that's not easy for everybody to get access mm -hmm. to therapists. I mean, I know in my area, the wait list can be several months long. Mm -hmm. Um, for, for sure. 
um, there are, you know, the first thing you do is you keep yourself safe and you keep yourself alive. It depends on the severity of, mm-hmm. of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully you have uh, supportive and loving people in your life, but not everybody does. And so sometimes right. seeking seeking help online in different kind of supportive groups can can keep you going until you can get the help you need. I, oh, that's a really good tip. That's something that I try to you know try to be the voice to people who maybe don't have enough courage to ask those kind of type of questions because I know we all do have our episodes. So, what what is mental health to you? What what would you what would you consider your mental health? What you know, if someone in a more simplistic form would say, "Oh, what's my mental health?" Because I think the word is out there and we kind of know what it's associated with. But like, if you have to be specific of like how someone would know, you know. Yeah. What's the goal? What are we Mm -hmm. working towards? Yeah. So I've been a therapist for over 15 years now. Um, and, and I think it is, you know, here's, here's how I, here's how I talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how there's different kinds of trees, there's the palm trees and they can, they kind of move with the wind. And then there's, you know, the big pine trees and, when a really, really bad wind comes, right? That that pine tree is rigid. It cannot, it can't sustain it. I mean, they do move a little bit, but you know what I mean? They're more likely to fall when that big thing comes. They do not have that resiliency, that ability to move, that ability to be um, fluid with that. And I see psychological health as the ability to be psychologically adaptive. Mm. And so bad things come, stressful situations occur. Can we, can we psychologically adapt to those things and not fall because of rigidity? And if you think about it, you know, people's thoughts, for example, the people who have this, the most rigid thoughts about how the world should be, how they should be, how people should act, have, them, have some of the worst mental illness. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is that rigidity, that inability to play in the gray area and to hold all those contexts together. They're either all the way over here or they're all the way over there. And the Mm. world is either either terrible, the world's shit, or it's the best thing in the world, right? Mm. And so Mm -hmm. that rigidity, that's what I'm talking about, that cognitive rigidity, that emotional Mm -hmm. rigidity, that is not a sign of psychological health. Mm. Interesting. That's what you can take there. Um, so, okay. So me and uh, another reason to have a transparent moment here, a reason why I was, you know, a lot for you is because, you know, I'm a, I'm a young, young man in the military. Military is considered a highly stressful job or whatnot. Right. And, uh, I was overwhelmed at a point myself. Right. And a lot of pride. I had a lot of pride, a lot of pride. I said, Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed trying to figure everything out. I was moving a lot. We was, War was on it. We thought war was going to be a brink and things like that. I felt real pressure. I was just kind of sad, but and I, t- I took a lot of courage to go and see a therapist. Right? I was like, okay, you know, in the in the military. So in the world, there's a stigma. In the military is like a, a bigger mm-hmm. stigma, right? Uh, yeah, as far as mental is. health, even though they do have um, programs and things for us to go to, it's not just like you know red carpet. Everybody comes come gives you a big help and you go in. So. Uh, I did go to therapy when I was felt like just overwhelmed. I'm a pretty strong person, I would think. But I'll, all that to say is, uh, you know, I was functioning like normal, you know, going to work every day, speaking to people and things like that. But still, you know, inside, you know, I was still like it was like a whirlwind for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I've been a big advocate for 
anyone to see, you know, to get therapy, no matter how severe or minor you think it is. Right. And that's why I said I wanted to further explore, you know, ways that people can practice. I'm talking to you. People can practice and, you know, do the certain things necessary and and, and things like that. So you just speak about diet. And I, I thought that was pretty special, the, the diet part, because I heard of the keto diet, you know, when people like shredding and you know, maybe about mm-hmm. to go into a, 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 a competition or something like that. So I was like, oh, sure. keto. keto. I said, shit, keto drink diet for the mind. I was like, for the brain. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So when it comes to diet, which most recent studies said that, well, we're changing a little bit in our diet, but America has a lot of obesity and a lot of bad foods and things like that, right? That we kind of... Mm-hmm we're kind of normal to, right? We're kind of normal to those things. So you said diet is important, right? So could you elaborate on how important diet is for your mental stability? Yeah. So, so not everybody is going to want or need a ketogenic diet to improve their mental health. So, Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so that aside, um, a lot of people can really improve their mental health just by changing their definition of what they're calling food. And paying attention to getting enough protein, getting enough of micronutrients, getting enough of that variability. Um, and the the really big thing, so so that's a huge question because so we'll talk about highly processed foods. Highly processed foods are not actually food. They are calories, they are drugs because mm. they are designed by um, you know, the people in big tobacco, those executives. Once, mm-hmm. once big tobacco started going, the ship started sinking, they, they started processed food in the 1970s, the early 1970s, and they have been designed to be as addictive as possible. And they're, and mm. they're just not food because uh, even though you look at the back of a processed food label and it says it's got some of those vitamins in there, those are not very bioavailable forms of vitamins mm. and eating that processed food, which is very high in what we would consider inflammatory oils, um, things, oils that are beginning to, we're starting to see in the research where, where they're starting to cause insulin resistance, which is, Mm. um, which is a, which is a condition in which your body begins to have trouble pushing energy into cells. So you eat all this glucose, you eat all this high carbs thinking it's Mm going to give you energy, but you have had such a high carbohydrate diet for so long that the cells themselves start to malfunction and start to push the energy back and saying, we can't, we, we can't use this. The actual wow. receptors start to become damaged, which mm-hmm. starts this whole chronic disease thing that occurs. So wow. they've got these kind of toxic oils in them, soybean, sunflower, canola, these different oils that your body really doesn't like, and it needs to make things out of that oil. And those oils are unstable. And so they make body parts and cell membranes and cell batteries that are unstable. And so it causes a whole mitochondrial dysfunction. Mitochondria are the batteries of your cells. And then also the highly processed carbohydrate portion of highly processed foods are very nutrient depleting, particularly of magnesium and thiamine, vitamin B1. And, um, and so this is a huge problem because what's difficult to get magnesium in food nowadays, because the soil has been depleted, our high carbohydrate diet depletes magnesium more because we need so many 
magnesium molecules in order mm -hmm. to unlock the energy in carbohydrates. So it uses it up faster. And then it really uses a lot of thiamine. Um, and thiamine, you know, if you want a healthy nervous system and you want a healthy gut, that gut function, which everyone mm -hmm. talks about how your gut is connected to your brain and all this leaky gut, you got to have adequate levels of thiamine. Mm -hmm. And so among other things, so this, so, so eating highly processed foods, thinking that they are food is a, is incorrect. They're not food. They are nutrient depleters. And so people are eating really a lot of that thinking it's food, thinking calories, mm -hmm. I'm feeding my body. And that's not the case. And then wow. once you start to get nutrient depletion, once you start to get inadequate protein intake, because if you look at processed foods, they don't generally have a lot of protein. They might have 10 mm -hmm. grams there, maybe got 12, maybe 15. That would be a lot for a processed <laughs> food, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they, they don't have a lot of protein. And so you start to be, you start to become nutrient deficient, both in the micronutrients, uh, vitamins and minerals, mm -hmm. and also the macronutrients that you need. So you're, you're blasting yourself with all these carbohydrates, but you're not getting enough protein and you're not getting healthy fats and those healthy fats, you need those for your neurons and your brain function, right? And your hormone production, mm. right? All this stuff. And so uh, what ends up happening is your brain starts to not work. Your brain just starts to not work. Like you need adequate amino acids in order to produce your neurotransmitters. If you don't have enough uh, amino acids or if you've got stomach problems where you're not breaking your protein down properly into mm -hmm. amino acids, mm -hmm. you're not making, you're not going to make your neurotransmitters. And if you don't have, for example, adequate levels of vitamin B6, zinc and and magnesium and, and iron actually you're not going to make serotonin you're not going to make enough of it your body's not going to be like oh you know it's got all these processes and your brain is important but your body knows that you can you can you cannot function perfectly and it can still survive it's going to shuttle mm -hmm. what it does get to more important processes mm -hmm. so people start to have more anxiety they start to have more brain fog they start to have more uh you know more depression they start to have these these symptoms and nutrition isn't even on their radar that's mm -hmm. not even talked about when they go to the doctor's office right mm -hmm. um and so you know if you don't make enough serotonin your serotonin gets turned into melatonin people start to get sleep disturbances Sleepy. they start mm -hmm. to get insomnia um you know, the there's it's just a huge cascade. And so people just don't understand that their dietary choices directly impact their brain health and their mood and their cognitive abilities. We just don't talk about that adequately in, you know, well, everyone knows, right? If you are depressed, you're going to go to a therapist or you're going to go to to a doctor and they're going to try to put, they're going to want to put you on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds great. So put me on a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Okay, so what that's going to do is that's going to make it so that, um, you know, there's the, the, the neurons talk to each other and there's this little space called the synaptic cleft. And what a serotonin reuptake inhibitor does is it keeps more serotonin kind of hanging out in the synapse so that my brain can get the benefits of that. Hopefully it'll reduce my anxiety and some of my depressive symptoms. Okay. 
Well, if you aren't, if you don't have enough amino acids and you don't have that zinc and you don't have those cofactors that you need to make serotonin in the first place, mm-hmm. what is the point of like having those five little serotonin things in the middle? You don't make enough. It's not going right. to work. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see people, you know, they'll go on an antidepressant and they'll feel a little better for just a little while, but then it fades. And the next thing you know, they're adding another medication and another medication. Oh, but now you have side effects from this medication. So let me put you on this medication. And all these medications cause drug induced nutrient depletion. So anytime you, you hit a pathway really hard, you're like, you need to do this pathway more. It depletes Mm -hmm. nutrients in that way. And so then you get even worse nutrient depletion and then you're set up for more chronic illnesses later. It's kind of the beginning of a, of a really bad cascade for a lot of people. Mm. When, if we talked about diet and we talked about the need for amino acids and micronutrients and uh, food quality and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people wouldn't be there. And the addictive quality of ultra processed foods, like, Mm. you know, a lot of people are not understanding that. Wow, that's you said a lot there. This is uh, I don't know. This is you spoke of two different worlds, right? So like we have the world that you know everybody sees because I, I've been living outside of uh, the U.S. for a little while, and you know things overseas are a little bit different, right? But I see, I you know I it's more simplistic here. There's no pesticides in the food, and nice. you know you know and things like that. And when I when I go back uh, home, you know, to visit family and stuff. You know, they kind of be like, oh, why are you acting so? But, I, you know, it's not like that. You know, I, it's just that I've seen the difference now because when we're in this circle of eating processed food and things like that, you don't really see a problem with it until like mm-hmm. I went to the market here. Then I had a tomato and it was going bad in like 24 hours. Right. It's not right. Yeah, you, you, you know what I'm saying? So um, yeah. just the culture that we have in, in America. And I didn't want I didn't want fast food when I went to uh, when I got one, when I went back to the States because I've been living here in Italy and so long. They have one McDonald's and one Burger King. That's it. So but when I go to the States, I just see how the the environment and that's, 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 that's what gets me. The environment is, is designed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to give us the things that we don't need. And then later on in life, people will try to change their diet. But if they can prevent that or mitigate that early on by making the right practices, I know that they, you know, it, it's a lot of things that can change. So that's about the processed food. That was really, that was really, really key. What you say, it's a lot of processed food. Mm-hmm. And I and I get it. Uh, us as a country, we're all about working and it's about convenience and things like that. But um, we work so much and we put so much bad things into our body that we're not even able to enjoy the fruits of our labor once we get exactly. to retirement age. Right. At that yeah. point, you're trying to, at that point, you're trying to patch up all of the bad you did to yourself by eating all, of, you know, eating all this stuff like that. And your brain is, you know, somewhere else. So you really yeah. said a lot. And I, I didn't expect to even um gather what I did and start hurting. I'm like, wow, she's really making a lot of sense here. And it's, it's something that when you speak about things that aren't like, you know, it's just mainstream thought processes that we have. We we would drive past, when I go out to Chicago, I drive past four or five different fast food restaurants in, on one strip, you know, mm-hmm. everything in, in oil, a lot of mm-hmm. salt, a lot of sugar, or, or whatever, a lot of bread, a lot of bread, and you know, that, that's mm-hmm. high in carbs too. And we just you know, no line, no drive through lines all around the corner. It's every single day. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know that everybody does. Everyone doesn't cook and want to look up these things. But that's why I like like having these conversations because someone like yourself, right, 
that's done so much research. This is you did the heavy lifting for people and you can come on a on a podcast like this and be able to, you know, kind of summarize everything that you that you've gathered information wise, knowledge wise and, and express it to people. So I really thank you for sharing that aspect of it, because I felt like that was a extremely important. It kind of wowed me. It was my wild moment. So I'm like, wow, yeah, she's right. You know, she, she's really right. So so the ketogenic diet specifically. So I'm, I'll say this first before my next question. Um, what I got from this is diet is important, period. Not even just the keto diet, but diet is important, period. You know, what you take into your body and things like that. So if anybody gets a lesson out of anything being said here, you don't, you may not have to do keto diet, but you need to monitor what you put into your system because it can relate to a lot more than what the, you know, the naked eye can see. Yeah. So specifically, though, for a ketogenic diet, what... What is that What's going on with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a ketog- so ketogenic diets have been have been around for a very long time. They were used about a hundred years ago um, to treat uh, epilepsy. Like before, we had all these meds that we would, you know, we would we'd have children and adults who would get epilepsy, mm-hmm. and they would treat it with a ketogenic diet. The seizures would stop. Um, and that's because ketogenic diets are really powerful brain interventions. They do many, many things. And ketogenic diets are basically where you switch the main fuel source away from carbohydrates to fat. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, healthy fat and your body will either break down its own body fat and make ketones. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's made on a ketogenic diet, right? And these ketones are amazing because they're not just a fuel source. They are, they're a, a molecular signaling body. And so they actually change how your genes express themselves in several different pathways. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. And I mm-hmm. found it really fascinating. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's what it is. It's, it's a, it's a diet where you, you minimize carbohydrates to a small enough amount that your insulin levels drop. Mm. And when your insulin levels drop, that helps heal insulin resistance, by the way. And it turns on a mechanism in your body where your body will start to turn fat into ketones. So you can't eat high carbs and still make enough ketone. You won't make ketones, right? And some mm. people try to cheat. They try to eat a lot of carbs and then they'll take like exogenous ketones. And we don't know what that does, quite frankly. But you're, you're never going to get the same kind of healthy changes in your brain. by you know, because again, as you're eating a lot of carbohydrates, your insulin levels are still very high. You're still causing mm. transporter damage and cell damage and all kinds of stuff, inflammation. So... Yeah, ketogenic diets do several things. Um, It is used, ketogenic diets are used to treat, are beginning to be used to treat some of the most severe mental illnesses. So there are case report studies, um, and I believe an RCT, a randomized controlled trial going on right now, using ketogenic diets with schizophrenia. And... The case reports in the peer-reviewed literature that looked at different cases, I believe there's two or two to four of them, um, but two of the people got completely off antipsychotic medications and they only used the ketogenic diet to uh, control their disease process. Okay. And so this is no joke. Like this, this is a serious uh, bio, biological intervention. 
um, people with bipolar disorder use it mm-hmm. successfully. Um, sometimes with meds, sometimes not. People, you know, some people want to stay on their meds, which I totally understand. They've had some bad experiences going off of them, right? But it really helps the prodromal syndrome. So with bipolar disorder, for example, we're able to control the mania symptoms pretty well with lithium and other types of medications. But they, they, we, we've done a really crappy job of, of the prodromal syndromes, like those low-key depressive symptoms like they're still Mm -hmm. suffering like that's the other thing that is is i just you know i am really so i'm a therapist i'm a licensed therapist i am trained to say meds and therapy meds and therapy in fact when someone comes to me for therapy my standard of care that i'm supposed to do is go get meds first then come back to therapy but here's the yeah like literally it's on our um national board certification it's a question and and you know mm-hmm. you say meds first right mm-hmm. and here's what i see on the meds you know i see once they're on meds whatever situation they were dealing with they're a lot more numb to and i have trouble doing therapy with them around it like you're a let's say you're a 30 year old woman in a crappy marriage and mm-hmm. you're unhappy right If you come to me without meds, we're going to do some work on that. We're going to challenge you. We're going to see why you're staying. What are you afraid of? What's going on? Mm -hmm. But if I send you off to get meds, you're suddenly, ah, it's okay. You're just a little more numb. You're just a little bit less able to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I see. And then, you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing that I see. And don't get me wrong. If, If she's actively suicidal and she needs meds to stay alive, I'm all for it. Right. Right. But let's not pretend that medication is a good long term strategy for Mm -hmm. this woman. Right. And the quality of her life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and again, then we've got the side effects and we've got the, you know, the stuff that goes along with it. So as a as a mental health counselor, I am very I am tired of pretending that meds are the answer for people. I'm I'm a little bit rebellious around it at this point. and, and so, so yeah, so, so the idea that ketogenic diets are being used for the most severe mental illnesses, um, I think is fantastic. And I, I'm just not willing to perpetuate the narrative anymore that medications mm-hmm. are fantastic and that everyone who's sad and anxious that takes a medication gets better because all you got to do is go on Reddit and go to the different mental health forums. And I'm telling you, it is full of people that are not better. And mm. I am tired of pretending that if they just find the magical combination of medications, their it's life's going to voila. Yeah. Voila. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and wow. yeah. So, so I love ketogenic diets for that reason. So I started a blog called mentalhealthketo.com and I went into the literature and I, I know what, I know the different I learned what the different pathways and the different things that ketogenic diets do, how they work in the body what, how they work as signaling molecules, what we see in the studies about what they kind of do to the tissues and the physiology and brain health, cognition. And I was like, okay, so I know that ketones from my research, I know that they are great at reducing oxidative stress. Oxidative mm-hmm. stress is when um, the amount of antioxidants in your system cannot keep up with the amount of damage going on. And then oxidative stress goes up and then that causes a lot of neurodegenerative aging. Right. Um, and, and your brain doesn't work as well. 
So it's great for oxidative stress. I know it's great for inflammation because those, those signaling bodies, those little ketones go in and they literally turn off inflammatory genes in the pathway. So I know it's great for inflammation. And, oh, look at that, brain hypometabolism. So when there is dysfunction in the brain, um, we know that energy is not used properly. Remember we talked about insulin resistance? Mm-hmm. Well, the blood-brain barrier, the part in your brain that kind of keeps bad things from getting up in your brain and causing an inflammatory response, mm-hmm. uh, that can become insulin resistant and your your brain cannot use energy good. And in people with like mild cognitive impairment and early Alzheimer's, that's like 80% of Alzheimer's cases wow. right there is wow. we call it diabetes three it's diabetes of the brain. Mm. And that begins this whole neurodegenerative cascade because the brain cells are starving, for example. Right. And so, um, so it helps with brain hypometabolism and different disorders have different, you know, areas where the brain isn't using energy properly. And I also know that it, um, has, it it's, has an ability to change neurotransmitter balance, right? Like why else do people stop having seizures, right? It does something mm-hmm. to the neurotransmitter balance mm-hmm. in, a, in mm-hmm. a good way. Mm-hmm. And so I had these and I was like, okay, those are, those are the things that it does. It also does other things like increases brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is the substance your brain makes that helps you um, make new connections and learn things and repair mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. BDNF, I know that it, it does all kinds of cool things. So I was like, okay, let me look at different mental illnesses and see if they have those four factors. Do they have oxidative stress? Do they have neuroinflammation? Do they have neurotransmitter imbalances? And do they have areas of the brain that don't use energy well? And I looked in the literature and I'm not looking for ketones. I'm just looking for what are the underlying areas of pathology? What do we see not working Mm -hmm. in this disorder? Mm -hmm. And my gosh, almost every single one of them. Wow. And then I was like, well, then of course, that's why I'm seeing such amazing progress in my Mm -hmm. practice, right? Mm -hmm. With the people who are willing to give ketogenic diets a go to improve their mental health. Um, That's why we're seeing people going off antipsychotic medication. That's why we're seeing people with Alzheimer's in the early enough stages improve, right? That is why we're seeing, you know, that upregulation in certain neurotransmitters that are chill and inhibitory. That's why we're seeing reductions in anxiety. And so I just wanted to make that connection in the mechanism. So that is a long answer to your question about ketogenic <laughs> diets and mental health. <laughs> no, I, I, I rather, I mean, hey, I, yeah. I'm all for it. I'm here to listen to every word you say. And I, uh, I appreciate you elaborating as much as you did on that. So, I mean, just people can understand, right? If people get one opportunity to listen to you and well, with this, this avenue at least. And uh, yeah. I feel like, you, I feel like you, you, you definitely put it in a very understandable context uh, as well. So you did speak about, uh, you spoke about medication and keto, it, 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 are you able to uh, be on a ketogenic diet while you're on medication as well? Or, or is yeah. it recommended to just for split? I mean, of course it's, Long, the long-term goal maybe is to get off the medication, but if you want to keto diet and you, and you still will try to guess, wean off the medication, is that is that safe? Yeah, yeah. So you want to watch out for that because um, here's here's the thing. So ketogenic diets improve your brain function so much that after about three to six weeks of being on a ketogenic diet, 
your current dose of medications is too high for what you need and you will start to get side effects from the medication and you will have to be titrated down by a prescriber. I'm not a prescriber, but I work with psychiatrists and doctors who are. Mm-hmm. And that happens about three to six weeks in. So what? So the danger, it's called a potentiation effect, meaning the medication is causing that kind of side effect because your brain is working better. It doesn't need as much. It doesn't right. need a bunch of serotonin hanging out in the synapse anymore. It's doing its thing, right? right? So now right. you've got too much and now you've got these weird side effects. And people will 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 go on a ketogenic diet and be like, oh, I'm getting these side effects. It's got to be this ketogenic diet, but it's not. It's that <laughs> your brain is working better <laughs> and you need your medication uh, checked. Right. So mm-hmm. people, you know, if you're hearing me talk and you're like, woohoo, I'm going to go start a ketogenic diet, uh, make sure you have a prescriber. Make sure you go on Google and download the side effects that are part of your medications currently and stick them on the fridge and like watch for them. And when you start to get those, that's when it's time to call into your doctor and say, hey, I might need to be titrated down on this. The other thing is that for some people, some different diagnoses, um, like if you've got bipolar disorder or you've got even anxiety, sometimes as your brain is recalibrating, I can't think of a better way to say it, um, Mm -hmm. you you will get a, a worsening of symptoms temporarily. And so for some people, they might need a bridge medication to help them kind of get through that period. And so that can, mm-hmm. so if you're already on medications, you might need a little bridge to help you. And that's for a prescriber to help you figure out. Um, the other, you know, the other thing is that if you were on any kind of medications around any kind of diuretics, any kind of blood sugar control, metformin, insulin, any of the, um, any, there's some medications that make you pee out your extra sugar. You'll know if you're on that because the doctor will have explained that to you. Right. Mm. Um, those are dangerous. I mean, those you have to be very careful with. You have to talk to your prescriber if you're on any kind of medication around Mm. your blood sugar, um, because that can, or blood pressure medication. So if you're already on medications, do some research, pay attention to that. Um, because you could need an adjustment if within three days, like I've got people on blood pressure medication, they're off of it in three days because it has that much of an effect on their blood pressure. You got to watch it. You're like, okay, go home, get a blood pressure cuff, take your blood pressure three times a day. Mm -hmm. Let me know in the next 72 hours, how you're doing. And for some people they're like off in two or three days. It's the craziest thing. Some people take a few weeks. It's like that powerful. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. Hey, the facts don't <laughs> facts support it too. That's wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So tell me about men- mentalhealthketo.com. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So what can we find there? Um, you know, what was your what's your what's your vision for the website and things like that? Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So I my little tagline on my blog is you have the right to know all the ways you can feel better. Mm. Because I feel like we don't even get all that information. People don't even get to make informed choices because they are funneled down one of two avenues and they don't Mm -hmm. even get to know all the ways that they can feel better. Um, So that's my purpose with that. And so um, I have tried, I'm trying to allow people to understand how this could be a potential treatment for them, why it might work. 
And so what I've done is I've tried to break down the different disorders because that's how people think. They think they don't mm-hmm. think, oh, my brain isn't functioning well. They think of themselves like I have ADHD, I have PTSD, I have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, generalized anxiety disorder, I have OCD. Right. That's how they think of themselves. So that's what I did is I made these blog posts and they're pretty big, um, most of them, where I did exactly what I said, where I was like, okay, here's your disorder. Here's those four areas where you have pathological issues. Here's how the ketogenic diet fixes those potentially so that they can feel informed. Um, And then I also have uh, some posts on there. It's like sometimes people do keto, but they've come into keto with some problems and some nutritional deficiencies from how they ate in the beginning. And so they'll have some lingering symptoms. So they'll be like, oh, I feel 80% better or 90% better, but I have this one symptom that's still bugging me or I'm, I'm having some issues here. So I, I try to put other, you know, other pieces of the puzzle together. Like you might have a really bad thiamine deficiency and we need to, Mm -hmm. you know, address that to get you that extra bit of the way. Um, so it's, it's, it's a nutritional and functional psychiatry blog, basically. That's that's awesome. So everybody go, I think everyone should go and check that out. And, you know, knowledge, knowledge is power. So, um, making those things available for you to go and look up yourself is, you know, pretty, I think that's pretty awesome in this age of information dissemination, you know, and mm-hmm. you being able to Google and look up so many things and, you know, it's, 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 it's great. Um, so I really appreciate that. You know, this, this conversation itself is golden. I feel like, um, and it's one of those things that I feel like a lot of people just default to medication for everything. And because of the temporary, uh, temporary solving or fixing of something, you know, so like say if your stomach hurt, right? And because mm-hmm. you ate something bad, you take a Tums and it stops hurting for maybe like an hour or two and then you eat something crappy again and the next day it hurts again. So you're not yeah. really, you know, it's not an overall fix and I think that we've gotten, to, it's, it's become a crutch. I was, I'd say it's become a crutch to where um, we're more so in love with the temporary results than we are of the overall outcome of our bodies. And, you know, as we, mm-hmm. as we progress and get older in life, you're trying to preserve yourself and keep yourself strong and functioning at a high level, but you know, mm-hmm. for, for longevity wise. So I, I can't stress it enough to everybody out there listening, how important this, this conversation is and how, you know, um, I'm not the expert here. That's why I reach out to the experts who actually know these things, but I feel like it's a very important topic that, you know, us, you know, on our level can normalize and, and, and have conversations about. So, yeah, it's just, it's deep. It's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm on the airwaves live like this and I kind of be taking it all in. Cause I, I, once you know, all this, all of this, and once someone hears this, I don't think you could just take it back. Right. Like I'm, so, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. So like, I'm going to be like, yeah. Oh, get those carbs out of here. You know, like, <laughs> well, <that's>, welcome <laughs> to the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's yeah. like once, it's like once you know, you can't not know, uh, you know, I mean, some people are good at uh, not acknowledging the, facts and the truth thing like that but i'm not one of them so hopefully uh those out there listening that you all can gain some knowledge or you know gain information to make an informed decision about how to better help yourself um nicole's here of course and uh as you can see she's very adept in the knowledge of this area and you know a lot of us sometimes like i've had a moment myself sometimes we have to just admit you know sometimes that we need some extra help second opinion or a different way of doing things because sometimes the same things that they're giving us aha medication doesn't always work right so um it's all about doing making the necessary steps and choices for your life have a better life a healthier life and uh, things like that so 
Okay, so before we, as we wind down here, right? I mean, I know you have a wealth of knowledge, <laughs> and it's, it, I can just see it every time you're speaking, you're passionate about it. Even though we don't have video here, you all can see her. Um, she's very passionate about it, and, and and that's what that's that's what I like here. You know, I like someone who's you know has what they what they specialize in, they're passionate about, it and they care. Because that's all it's going to take for you know the world to be a better place. So, one person listening out here. And take some knowledge from this conversation. Thank Nicole for it, and you know, further uh, look for more of her work. So, Nicole, when you're not saving the world with all of this great knowledge, right? <laughs> what are some things that you do to, you know, de-stress and have a good time in your spare time? So, yeah, I um, I like to hike a little bit. I okay. like I like to get on my bike. I am like a a seven year old girl on my bike, or that's what I feel like. So. <laughs> Um, I'm looking forward to that this summer. I CrossFit. I'm not great at it, but I show up and I do the hard workouts. Hey. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's the other thing I should say. If any of your listeners have like fatigue and you're tired all the time, mm. oh, I got to add this one last part. So, Ooh. so ketones upregulate the creation of mitochondria and the functioning of the mitochondria. Mitochondria are the batteries in every single one of your cells. Mm. And so if you have like a chronic fatigue issue going on where you just don't have the energy to go to CrossFit or go on your bike or do the things or you just don't have the mental energy, right? Brain fog is a sign of a lack of mental energy, probably neuroinflammation also. But um, ketogenic diets are fantastic for that they unlock energy and so if you are tired all the time you should consider a ketogenic diet for that so i have a lot of energy it's part of why like you said you can't see me but i'm waving my hands around like a muppet all the time <laughs> i'm always embarrassed when there's a podcast and there's a video because my 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 hands are flailing so watch out you could get too much energy on a ketogenic diet um but yeah, I like to do that. I love to learn. I love to, I'm, and in my practice, I'm kind of moving. I mean, I work a lot with people individually, but I'm wanting to move to more group formats where it's kind mm. of like a course with a group mm. because you can just reach more people there. And there's a lot of people who could use support with a big dietary change. It's a big lifestyle change. There's mm. ins and out of doing it for mental health and neurological disorders where you just need a little more information. So I'm working on something like that. So that's what I also do is I work on my project for that. Yeah. Cool. cool. That's, man, that's some pretty significant stuff there. Y'all see, she, she's such a helpful person that she even thought of, oh, I got to put this last part in because I know a lot of people out there do struggle with fatigue and, um, you know, being tired. And, you know, that's their caveat of, no, that's why I don't go to the gym. I'm just too tired. You know, and I, I'm quite mm -hmm. sure you've heard a lot of people say that before. Yeah. And uh, it's legit. They're mm -hmm. legit tired mm -hmm. and they go to mm -hmm. the gym and they come home and they're more tired now. They just don't have the <laughs> mm -hmm. mitochondrial function yet. Mm -hmm. And so when you change your diet, you're all that changes and, and just everything opens up that you can do. It's beautiful. Yes, ma'am. It is. And summary here, right? Um, I know we said a lot of different things and it's not to push a keto diet on anybody just in general to just have diet as something that you're cognizant of in your life. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't get anything out of, this, out of this conversation, it's a lot of things that, you know, aren't on television advertisements or on the billboards, you know, or the flashy Instagram posts or things like that, or on, the, on these, not the popular super sexy topics on the reels and things like that, but this is your life. 
and taking control of your life and your health is something that I feel should be number one priority because to enjoy this life, you need to be healthy, right? Yeah. No you one need wants a to, functioning right. brain. Yes. Like everything yes. you experience goes through the mm-hmm. filter of what your brain can handle, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. I've got, let's say I go to a beautiful dinner with my husband. If I mm-hmm. had brain fog during it because mm-hmm. I don't take care of myself on all the other nights that aren't date night, that's yeah. not good, right? <laughs> right. I mean, right. I could have had a, be- you know, I could have fully tasted the food. I could have felt mm-hmm. sharp with my conversation. I could have had a sex drive to flirt with during mm-hmm. my dinner, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all these, like, it is it is the, the portal to your life. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you you deserve that. You deserve, you deserve to know what your brain feel, what it feels like to have a fully functioning brain with enough energy to live your life. Don't deny yourself that do your research, fight for yourself, fight for your life, fight for your health, fight for Mm. your mental health. You deserve all of these things and it's possible. I love it. I love it. I love the energy too. You're going to make me get video. I see all these great interactions and how passionate she is. I'm working on video, you all, just so you know. I had to, I got to crawl before I walk, even though this audio is, is going to be beautiful anyway. But um, I like you all to see these amazing guests that I have on here and how passionate I see. So I feel like I get the perfect guests almost every time because either I bring it out of them, I don't know, or, you know, they just, they just yeah. really get really, really good guests. So I'm picky, as as you all know, with who I, who I bring to the platform. I don't have an audience of 50,000, but, you know, the, the little group that we do have, you know, I bring a lot of guests of quality. So, in summary, uh, Nicole, how may we find more of you? Or, you know, just your call to action, your last final words for the, for the audience, how they can you know, find more of you, whatever you're open to, social media, anything like that. Um, yeah. So I am, I am all over the place trying to okay. spread the word. So I'm on Instagram as mental health keto. I can't remember all my stuff, but um, <laughs> I think I'm keto counselor or ketone counselor on Twitter. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Ooh, what else am I on? I'm not on YouTube yet. I got, I got to mm-hmm. crawl before I walk too. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, what else am I on? Oh, Reddit. I'm all over Reddit. Uh, trying to help people with stuff. And uh, if they want to contact me, they can use the contact form at mentalhealthketo.com. Uh, That's okay. the easiest way to contact me. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, and one more thing. One more mm-hmm. thing. I am looking. So remember I talked about my program development. I am actually looking to speak to people who are suffering with recurrent or chronic brain fog. Because remember I said, so I already know how to work with people with nutritional and functional psychiatry. And I know the therapy piece, but I'm wanting to create a program that helps people be successful. So I need to hear what their frustrations are and their symptoms. And so if you want to, um, want to, uh, let me talk to you for 20, 30 minutes, sometimes I can give some good advice or some help here or there with what you're dealing with, but that would help me do my research. And so you could contact me there and we could schedule a call. Outstanding. Amazing. And also everyone will have uh, all of this information that she just said in our show notes. So if you would like to, I'll put every guest information in our show notes. And when we post on Instagram, they'll, they'll also be there as well. Uh, thank you so much, Nicole. How'd you feel about the episode? How'd you feel about the, do you have a good time? You? Oh yeah, this has been great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Thank you. And we thank everybody out there in the world listening, wherever you are in the morning time, afternoon, or evening time. Hope we give you all some great content today. I feel like it was very important. I can't wait to get it out. Um, but uh, another great guest checked off the list and for a very important topic. 
So in closing, I'd like to say thank you, Nicole. Thank you all out there listening. And we will have all this great information out, show notes, social media, everywhere else. But we got to get up out of here now. So thank you all for listening. Tune out. We wish you all the best. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. <laughs>